Welcome to the Weird History Podcast. I'm Joe Streckert. This is an independent, listener-supported show. To support it, go to weirdhistorypodcast.com. When I first started this show, I had two informal rules for myself. I was not going to talk about ancient Rome, and I was not going to talk about Nazi Germany. Both of these topics have been done to death in podcasts, TV shows, books, documentaries, etc., and I wanted to keep them out of my thing, even if Julius Caesar and Adolf Hitler mean some pretty good SEO for popular history projects. And I sort of broke my rule on ancient Rome way back in episode 41, the ultimate palindrome. I felt a little weird about doing that, but the Seder Square was too cool and too up my alley to not talk about. What's more, I justified that by talking about a palindrome, a word puzzle, and not, you know, Caesar or military conquest or things like that. But here, I'm finally breaking, hardcore, my rule about Nazi Germany. It was inevitable that doing a series on Mussolini meant eventually talking about Hitler. So, here we finally are. After over 100 episodes, Nazis have shown up in the Weird History podcast. Don't worry, though, they're not going to dominate the show. It's not going to be like all Nazis all the time. This is not going to be a Spike in Season 5 of Angel situation, where a well-established outside character swans on into a piece of media and then dominates it. No, our focus is still going to be on Italy and Mussolini. The war in Ethiopia weakened Italy's position in Europe. It didn't destroy it necessarily, but it was shaken. After that war, and after Haile Selassie's vociferous denunciation of Italy, Mussolini would have to find some new friends, some new people to hang out with, like Hitler. And we now think of Mussolini and Hitler as natural allies, but they did not start that way. Initially, they were actually sort of enemies, despite Hitler basing his career on Mussolini's. For example, the failed beer hall putsch that got Hitler thrown in jail where he wrote Mein Kampf was modeled on Mussolini's successful March on Rome. Also, Hitler watched Mussolini's speeches. Despite not speaking Italian, he found them to be pretty good study material. The way Mussolini shouted and spoke and modulated his voice and gestured, Hitler imitated that. Now, watching Hitler speak in old newsreels or the triumph of the will or that sort of thing, it is easy to think of it as just a madman hysterically yelling into a microphone and gesticulating like a crazy person. And he is a crazy person. But a lot of that was practiced. A lot of that was very consciously done. And Hitler realized that all that gesticulation and shouting, that worked for Mussolini, so he was going to do it too. He'd watch Mussolini in movies, he'd get in front of a mirror, he'd do his own version of his shouting and gesturing, and Hitler's speeches were oftentimes like him being a Mussolini cover band. And it worked. Mussolini, on the other hand, didn't really notice Hitler. He didn't really think about Hitler or respect Hitler at all until Hitler actually came to power in 1930. So it's extraordinarily asymmetrical. Mussolini's doing his own thing, invading Ethiopia, having giant things of his face on the side of buildings, having Duce written in capital letters in newspapers, in general walking around being a dictator and enjoying himself. And meanwhile, Hitler is hoping that Senpai will notice him. Now, there's a quote about their early relationship that gets bandied about, and it's attributed to Mussolini. Supposedly, at one point, Mussolini dismissed Hitler as 
a barbarian, a criminal, and a pederast. If you are nosing around this topic like I have been, you'll see this show up a fair amount. And I remember reading that quote as a young teenager, and that last word sent me running to the dictionary. However, however, I have not been able to confirm that Mussolini actually said or wrote that. I have not been able to nail down the original source of where Mussolini called Hitler a pederast. Like Beam Me Up Scotty or Elementary My Dear Watson, this appears to be one of those oft-repeated quotes that the source never actually wrote or spoke. If you can prove me wrong and send me a source, go ahead, but I have not been able to successfully source it. Still, though, it sums up a lot of the spirit of their relationship. Mussolini had nothing but contempt for Hitler. He thought, for instance, that Mein Kampf was boring and that Hitler's ideas were simplistic. To be fair, Mein Kampf is boring, and Hitler's ideas were indeed simplistic. And the first time the two men met, they got into an argument, a fairly substantive one. It was in June of 1934 in Venice. It was only a brief meeting, but they ended up shouting at each other about Austria. Italy wanted Austria, a kind of weak state, as a buffer state between it and Germany, a great power. Germany, on the other hand, wanted to just eat Austria, and Hitler had made that known for quite some time. So in their original 1934 meeting, they got into a shouting match about Austrian independence or non-independence. They ended up storming out and leaving in separate cars. Later on, Mussolini dismissed Hitler as being insane. Pot. Kettle. And less than one month after they first met, after that initial shouty meeting, Hitler and Mussolini found themselves in the middle of a diplomatic crisis about the topic of their earlier argument, Austria. In July of 1934, the Austrian Chancellor, Engelbert Dolfus, he was killed by Austrian Nazis. Mussolini immediately saw the assassination as a move on Hitler's part to take over Austria. And it might have been. Mussolini, reacting to the assassination, sent four divisions of the Italian army to the Austrian border as a show of force to say, we are against your Anschluss, we support an independent Austria. Also, because fascists loved themselves some ancient Rome, he put up a statue of Drusus, a Roman general who'd conquered Germany. Germany responded to the show of force. They probably didn't care about the statue of Drusus. In 1935, Nazi Germany supplied arms to Ethiopia. Hitler said, oh, you want to send troops to our frontier? Tell you what, I'm going to send guns to your enemies. Didn't do anything, Italy still won, but it did not contribute to a good relationship between the two fascist dictators. After Italy's invasion and war with Ethiopia, that animosity between Italy and Germany, that would cool down a little. Again, Mussolini needed friends in Europe. Now, Britain and France were not too fond of him at the moment. The liberal democracies in the League of Nations even though they had only approved kind of weak-sauce sanctions against Italy, they were not ready to be buddy-buddy with the crazy bald man who was invading and gassing people. So Mussolini was kind of isolated. Germany had previously left the League of Nations and also was curious about how France and Britain would react to an attempt at conquest. Hitler saw that France and Britain were sort of passive in the face of Italian conquest, and that was okay with Hitler. So that sort of drove a wedge between the European liberal democracies on one side 
and Italy and Germany on the other side. These guys, who previously had shouted at each other about Austria, now had common ground. What's more, Mussolini and Hitler also both came out in support of Franco in Spain in 1936. Again, another piece of common ground. So, we have Europe's liberal democracies on one side, and the fascist dictatorships on the other side. That meant by the time that Germany actually annexed Austria in 1938, Mussolini was on board. He had been driven into Hitler's arms. Hitler probably loved it. The second meeting between the two dictators was in 1938, and it was more positive than their first meeting four years prior, where they had gotten into a shouting argument. But apparently this second meeting, which was a grand tour of Italy by Hitler, was a little bit awkward, starting with the beginning. When Hitler got to Rome, he thought that Mussolini, his fellow uniform-wearing, shouting fascist guy that he loved so much, would be there to greet him. But he wasn't. Hitler was a head of state, so he was in turn greeted by Italy's head of state, King Victor Emmanuel. The German dictator was not impressed with the Italian monarch, and he felt snubbed that Mussolini had not been there to say hi. So right at the beginning of this diplomatic trip, there's a little bit of tension. The king and Hitler apparently had a really weird ride to the royal palace in Rome, and while at the palace, the king tried to make small talk with the German dictator by talking about army boots. He asked him, how many nails are in German army boots? Hitler apparently didn't know the details of the boots that his soldiers wore, and didn't care, but Victor Emmanuel kept going on about it, and said, oh, let me tell you about Italian boots. They're like this. They have this many nails, this many in the sole, this many in the heel, etc. Yeah, apparently the king of Italy had lots of opinions about shoes. So, Hitler's first experience in Italy, in Rome, was hanging out with the king, the king talking about shoes, and Hitler just kind of standing there, nodding, being weird. Uh, Mussolini did eventually show up, and the two dictators embarked on a road trip throughout Italy, visiting several cities that had been specifically decorated for Hitler's visit. Statues had been erected, lights had been lit, and decorations had been set out, and everything looked maximally Italian for the Fuhrer's trip. However, Hitler and Mussolini's time together was kind of awkward because... Mussolini insisted on not using an interpreter. I mentioned this in an earlier episode. Mussolini really wanted to be perceived and celebrated as an intellectual and a scholar, even though he was apparently not the brightest crayon in the shed. He'd taught French earlier in his life and was not very good at French. And when Hitler came to visit him, he tried to carry on a conversation with the other dictator in German, even though his German was not great. So Mussolini and Hitler didn't really click, and that was mostly Mussolini's fault. Uh, had he just gotten someone to translate for him, the two fascist dictators would have probably had a smoother, more natural conversation. Well, as natural a conversation as you can have between a pair of, like, warlike racist dictators. But he didn't do that. He just kept trying to speak and understand German, and so the whole affair remained really, really weird and awkward in a really, really specific way. In a really specific way. Like, there's an uncomfortable cringe comedy in there, somewhere. 
those guys trying to talk to each other, not being able to talk to each other, and then starting World War II and killing millions of people. But I didn't talk about this just to highlight how awkward and socially weird two dictators were together. Their relationship is going to get rockier and more complicated when we finally get into World War II, which I swear we will eventually get to. And despite Mussolini being the more senior fascist and Hitler looking up to him, this relationship will invert to the point where Hitler is leading and Mussolini is following. Eventually, Mussolini will become the head of a sort of pathetic Nazi puppy state, but we're not there yet. Hitler's 1938 visit to Italy was kind of a flop. It was not the big, wonderful spectacle that a lot of folks hoped for, but it also leads into one of the most important issues related to fascism. Toward the end of his visit to Italy, Hitler declared that Mussolini and his family, and many other northern Italians, were more Nordic than they were Latin, and were therefore more pure, more white. According to Hitler, Mussolini and his family and other northern Italians could be part of the master race too. Northern Italian could be northern European. After this 1938 visit, and after Mussolini becomes closer and closer to Hitler, we get to one of the most important and darkest parts of fascist Italy. And that is fascist Italy and its relationship with race and anti-Semitism. That is next episode, and that one's going to be a lot. This show is ad-free and independent thanks to the support of listeners like yourself. Go to weirdhistorypodcast.com, sign up for a monthly donation, and thank you to everybody who has already done so. You keep this thing running, and I appreciate it greatly. Go on iTunes, give us ratings and reviews. I am on social media. I am at Joe's Trekkert on Twitter. Also, the show is on Facebook, facebook.com slash weirdhistorypodcast. Thank you guys very much for listening. Talk to you next week. It's going to get heavy. Bye. Bye.